Blog Talk Radio. You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. And today is Monday, March 7th, 2022. Today is my wife's 29th, just kidding, 39th birthday. We were married 10 years ago when she was 20. And 10 years ago, today, she did not know who I was. We met a little bit later in the month on a chat. In March of 2012, 
And then I did not speak to her uh, over the phone or any kind of any, anything other than a chat room until um, until May 28th of 2012. And uh, we've talked about that in the past. And uh, I met her in person on June 30th, 2012. And we got married on... July 20th, 2012, so 20 days after we first got married. But anyway, I wasn't able to do a whole lot today because I was, like, trying to get her birthday stuff already. She doesn't even uh, – when she goes to the house later on after they go to their family council class thing that they have to go to, or they don't have to, but they want to, um, <laughs> she's going to see all the stuff I did for her. Anyway, but because of that, I wasn't able to prepare anything. But I did want to talk about the revelations that I've been putting forth and where I got them from. But we are going – I'm at the mine right now, so I'm going to play the revelations, um, and then we're going to talk about it. So let me just throw those out there. This first clip is 33 minutes long, and uh, here we go. Okay, so I'm going to be reading a bunch of modern-day revelations. Um, This is too long to do in one recording, so I'll just do a little bit at a time, but I'll read them here, and I want to share them on the program. So, For did I, the Lord, not send mine only begotten unto the Jews, saith the Lord? And did they not reject him who was a appointed my firstborn by me, saith the Father. And did they not have their high priest also, even as ye, O Ephraim? So these are revelations to the LDS Church, not from the LDS Church. For it is written, for it, I'm sorry, for it is that mine only begotten, and that one mighty and strong, have they not been twin brethren from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord of the whole earth? So the reason the Father is saying this is because there is the office of the morning star, which our Father and God the Creator holds, and then you have the bright morning star who is Jesus or Yeshua, and he is the first apostle or witness of the Father, and Messiah ben Joseph, or God the witness, is the second witness or apostle of the brother uh, of the Father, and he is mighty and strong. But that there, for the first presidency of this earth under the direction of Jehovah our Elohim, are God the Creator, who is Michael, who is mighty and strong, God the Redeemer who is the first witness and apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong, and God the witness, who is the second witness or apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong. And then there are 12 others who are mighty and strong for this earth as well. And then under them stand the noble and great ones who are like the 70s. 
see here. And it is that that one shall stand to judge Ephraim and one Judah, and they are one be with me, my two witnesses, before the foundation of the world, saith the Father. And which is greater? For out of the mouth of these two witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord God, who is the Father of both heaven and earth. And thus it is that that one mighty and strong should be sent unto thee, that ye be tested even in these things, as the Jews by mine only begotten, to prove you, saith the Lord, whether ye will be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord. For it is that no man knoweth my will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's see here. Okay, and then this is another one. One to ye Latter-day Saints, for I prophesy that unless you repent and return for the first work to the first works of the restoration, that the time is not far distant that you shall be destroyed by the God of Israel in an earthquake and an overflowing scourge, which shall annihilate your much touted holy ground. For the wrath of that mighty one, who I am a witness, is gathering against you that you cannot escape unless it is that you are rebaptized by the authority of the higher priesthood and the apostleship which I have been given by the Father and the Son who have sent me. And it is that when my mighty ones return, the heavens shall wage war against the earth, and the wicked, yea, the proud, and them that rejoice in wickedness, shall be cut off, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, saith the Lord God. For the heavens are mighty, and they who come shall burn them up, saith the Lord God of hosts. For that war fought before the world was made shall continue upon the earth, that all shall know with an astounding affirmation throughout all eternity that there is none who standeth beside the might and power and glory of the Holy One of Jacob, who it is that speak through the mouth, O Israel through my mouth, O Israel, as anciently. Therefore, woe, woe unto they, saith the Lord. They are that say, all is well in Zion. Yea, that crieth all is well, and who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, will rely upon the arm of flesh. For cursed are all they that rely on the arm of flesh. Or who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, save their precepts, shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. For ye shall perish, and the punishment of the false prophet, saith the Lord, shall be given as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him, even that of a damned soul, saith the Lord God, even so. Amen. Okay, and this one has to do with the revelation received in July of 2013 where I was commanded to sever the ordinances of all the holy people which prophecy is found in Daniel chapter 12 where the man clothed in linen scatters the power or priesthood of all the holy people which are the LDS church and all of its offshoots. This is the word of the Lord unto you who are of Ephraim. Because the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, who is the Father, gives you one gift, 
need not suppose that he cannot give another. For his work, neither his word is yet finished, that he cannot cause more to be written. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth. Wherefore he was formed by mine hand, that I, the Lord your God, the Father, should give unto you another gift, for having given the children of men one gift, which is Jesus Christ, ye need not suppose that I, the Lord your God, cannot give unto, unto men another gift, which is the second witness, or God the witness, the Holy Ghost, Messiah ben Joseph, um, the Davidic servant. He has, I have many names. For he, the second witness, is the man like unto Moses. For he also is in the similitude and very likeness of mine only begotten. For if ye receive him not, then ye shall not be received by me, saith the Father. For I the Father did cause it to be written that there is none other name given than Jesus, who is mine only begotten Son. And this pertaineth unto the Jews. For it was a trial unto them to believe in Jesus of Nazareth, even as it is a trial unto you, O ye Gentiles, to believe these things. For I, the Lord God, am no respecter of persons. Therefore, why is it, O ye saints of Israel, that you require the gateway to be brought unto you and narrow even unto them? For ye, even ye, garnish the, and praise the name of mine only begotten Son. And yet, when I, the Father, do send another gift unto you, you cry blasphemy, even as did the Jews. Are ye better than they? I say unto you, Nay. For ye in your ignorance as to your righteousness and your sloth do lift up your hill against him who was, with, who was as him, Jesus, even mine only begotten in power, yea, before the world was made, for he it was also that was with me from the beginning, saith the Father. For I am I the Lord God of Israel, and not Judah only, saith the Lord, and ye, O Ephraim, shall receive him whom I have sent, saith the Lord, or ye shall be cut off. For he whom I am sent, even my servant, is that one mighty and strong who should come unto you, O Israel, as mine only begotten did come even unto the Jews. Therefore, see, O Israel, that that Thing, or that that which did come upon the Jews come not also upon you to the uttermost. And he's speaking of the desolation of the temple in 70, 69 and 70 AD. For he was also with me from the beginning, and I have given that he should speak words, yea, eternal world, words for the salvation of the children of men as my second witness. For out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, Shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth, even the Father. Thus saith the Lord, can a bitter fruit or can a bitter fountain bring forth good water, or can a man being evil do that which is good? For it is, saith the Lord, that by their fruits ye shall know them. For the fruits of my spirit, saith the Lord, do they not testify of me, even Jesus Christ? 
whom ye have hitherto not known. And that which testifieth of me is not, that which testifieth of me, is it not by me, saith the Lord God of Israel? For I am he that doth speak unto thee through the medium of mine appointment as in times of old, O Israel, who have been scattered among the nations. Now is the time, saith the Lord, for thy regathering unto mine anointed as in times of old, that I, the Lord God, shall remember thee, O Israel, and lead thee by power such has not been seen before or since, yea, even from Babylon with an outstretched arm as Moses, which is fallen. That gathering place in 2016, God told me to gather to Emory County, Utah. And then when time gets, gets to be too dangerous, that God has given us a place that is south of here in the wilderness, northwest of Lake Powell in the Escalante National Park area. And uh, if you're watching sometimes in the videos or in the, uh, the podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, I've got pictures and stuff that pop up on the screen. And if you see the picture of the man standing in the water in the beautiful place that is the location of the uh, of where we will gather when the whole world is burning around us so anyway <clears throat> therefore that which is sent of me doth not conflict and contradict my words and my purposes which I have spoken through the mouths of others of my my servants the prophets even Joseph Smith and others concerning Israel. And anything which contradicteth these my servants who have gone before is of the devil and his fault, saith the Lord God of Israel. Therefore, that which is sent by me, saith the Lord, testifieth of me in my words and my purposes, which change not. But they, the false prophets, do change my laws and ordinances to become friends with the world and to become popular. By this key ye may, detect the, ye may detect the false prophets and apostles. For I, the Lord, will not vary from that which I have said, but am the same in all ages of the world. And the plan of salvation hath it not been exactly the same? For that which saved Abraham, even the law thereof, must save ye, O ye stiff-naked and unbelieving generation, which are, are for are ye not also the same in thy unbelief before me, O foolish man and O foolish woman? And it is that the evil one desired through false administrators who have hijacked my church and led many astray to contradict former revelation, which even the angels of glory are forbidden, neither can they do, saith the Lord. And this is why I'm always talking about Babylonian businessmen hijacking the church. This is where I get that from. False administrators who have hijacked my church and led many to contradict med, uh, former revelations. Continuing on. And anything which doth not teach men these things, even to believe in me and my words exactly as I have spoken them through the mouth of my servants, the prophets of Israel, yea, that which 
also doth not edify and thereby testify of me the life of the world and the life thereof, even Jesus of Nazareth, who speaketh unto thee, O man, is of the devil, or is of the evil one, and is darkness and produces despair. And my word, is it not also quick and powerful to the cutting asunder of both joint and marrow? Therefore it is given unto you to judge, that ye may know of me, even the author and finisher of your faith, whom the world in its wickedness has not known, even Jesus of Nazareth. And if ye call good evil and evil good, ye are no better than them that cast me out, even as a thief and a robber, and as a vagabond without a home. For did I not cause it to be written that the foxes have holes in the bird's nest? But it is that, but it was that the Son of Man had not where even to lay his head, even I, the firstborn and most intelligent of all the spirits, which were begotten by the Father thereof. And thus it was a requirement that I, even I, Jesus Christ, descended below all things, even that my people, the Jews, become my persecutors, that I might do the will of him who sent me, who is greater than I, even the Father, that none might have excuse concerning the difficulty of the way at that great and last day. Even so I drunk of that bitter cup, and I did cry mightily unto him who sent me, that this cup, cup might pass even from me. Yet I, the Lord God, bowed my head, and suffered that his will, who is mightier than I, yea, even my Father, who revealed himself unto me in that day, that even his will should be done, even the shedding of my blood in great drops of upon the ground upon which men stand to this, this day. So Jesus actually has seen the Father. He was, he was given the fullness of the priesthood by the Father, and he is the first witness of the Father, even as I have seen the Father and embraced him. That happened with Jesus too. It's not in the scriptures, but it did happen. Continuing. And I will that all, rich and poor, come unto me through my servants and drink from that well of living water spoken of. And he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, saith the Lord God of Israel. Remember, all powers and conferrals, priesthoods or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one remaineth, that you must receive your salvation and ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled, saith the Lord, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God, and swear with an oath, and will not repent, saith the Lord, that ye shall not enter into my rest, except it be through my servant, whom I have appointed. And that happened in July of 2013, when I was commanded by the Father to fulfill Daniel chapter 12, wherein I lifted my hands to the air, to the square, after the manner of the Melchizedek priesthood, which I do hold, and uh, the fullness of the priesthood, which I have received of the Father, directly from the laying on of hands of the Father, to sever the ordinances and the power or priesthood of all the holy people. 
and this right here. Remember, all powers and conferrals, priesthoods, or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one, remain, that you may receive your salvation in ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled. So it's a hard reset, basically. It's setting the house of God in order. Continuing, and when I, the Lord God, did speak unto my servant Joseph Smith, that I should, that it should be that no one should be appointed to receive revelations and commandments except my servant Joseph, I, the Lord, did provide that he should abide in me, and that as long as he should abide in me, saith the Lord, then it was that he should be the one empowered to speak in my name as moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And my servant Joseph, saith the Lord, did abide in me even unto the end. And how much greater, saith the Lord, is my servant Joseph in mine eyes than those whom ye sustain as your presidencies. For the powers of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and may not be controlled nor handled except upon the principles of righteousness, saith the Lord God. And if it should be that the presidencies of my church, saith the Lord, should fall into, into transgression, then they also shall not have power to speak in my name for the welfare and benefit of my saints or the members which comprise my church, saith the Lord. For it is not written, for is it not written that I, the Lord your God, even Jesus of Nazareth, did say while in my power among the Jews, if thine eye which seeth for thee, him that is appointed to watch over thee, to show thee light, becomes a transgressor and offend thee, to pluck him out? And it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. And did I not speak unto my servant Joseph concerning the manuscript of the book, which he had been called upon to translate, that although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God, and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. And how much greater, saith the Lord, was my servant Joseph than those whom ye in your perverse and stiff-necked generations sustain as your presidents. For even Lucifer, was he not given authority before the world was made? And did I, the Father, not cause him to be cast out, even though he be my son? And if I, the Father of heaven and earth, spared not them who are deceived from before the foundation of the world, do ye imagine in your, vain, your hearts, O vain man, that I will spare thee, even if it should be that all perish? Yea, even though it should be easier that a hand be cut off, Yet it be better to retain heaven with one hand than to be cast into the church, uh, into be cast out with two, saith the Lord. And this hath been a law throughout all time and also throughout all eternity, among them who are gods and the sons of God, even Elohim. 
Are ye, ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, different than they in your iniquity? For all my servants, the prophets, have been first cast out by your churches and synagogues, O Israel, and then stoned and crucified and persecuted when it was that they dared, when when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, to speak against them who ye lift up as your presidencies who have gone contrary to the covenants which I, the Lord God, did make with their fathers, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was that Paul was smitten by them when speaking concerning their high priest, as well as mine only begotten, as well as mine only begotten in the flesh, saith the Father. Was he not smitten across the mouth by the guard for impertinence? And so it is with you, O ye ignorant, haughty, and stiff-necked generation concerning him who was received before the foundation of the world, that he should come unto thee, O Ephraim, to save and redeem thee by power which hath not been seen since the days of my son Enoch, who shall return with ten thousand of the saints in this day, saith the Lord God. For it is that my servant... Is he not one mighty and strong to thy salvation, O Ephraim? From the chains of the bondsmen, which doth afflict thee night and day. And is not thy slavery, O Ephraim, worse than that of Pharaoh? For it is that the elements shall move hither and thither at his command in that day, when when it is that I, the Lord God of Jacob, shall speak from his mouth. With thunder in that day, saith the Lord God. But ye must come unto me, even thy God, O Israel. And it is that that in this day I, the Lord God, will extend mine arm for thy deliverance from Babylon, O Ephraim, as prophesied by my servant, who was one of the greatest of my servants to walk the earth. And as I said concerning thy high priest, Were not my servants Peter, James, and John, were they not put into prison for preaching sedition against the high priest O Ephraim? Are ye better than the Jews, my chosen? For were they not the sons of Abraham like unto thee, O Ephraim? And was not him who was reserved also smitten like unto him of old by his home teacher, in that the police of his day to disregard these things as anciently, O Ephraim. And this thing also was for preaching sedition against thy high priest, O Ephraim, who is likened to Caiaphas, who sitteth in the temple of God, as was written by my servant Paul in the second chapter of the book to the letter to the Thessalonians in that day, saith the Lord God. And was it not that this should come to pass before the day of mine advent as prophesied by my servant that it should come in this generation that now standeth upon the earth? And is not that son of perdition that sitteth revealed by these words of mine, saith the Lord? For thou and thy wickedness, O Ephraim, have exceeded anything concerning that which I, the Lord God, have spoken concerning any other people. For it is in this idolatry, because you worship your prophet.
and your leaders, that ye shall be smitten from generation to generation if ye repent not, and come unto me through him who was appointed unto thee. Even for this purpose was he sent, as was Jesus unto the Jews. Are ye different than they, O Ephraim? For ye imagine up in thine heart that if we had, ye had lived in the days of the prophets and apostles that were with me in my power in that day, that ye would not have partaken with the, that generation of the innocent blood. And yet ye have not lifted up, and yet have ye not lifted up your hands against him who was sent as mine only begotten, reserved for thy salvation from before the foundation of the world, O Ephraim. And is not mine adversary the prince of this world? For mine adversary, saith the Lord, did buy up armies and navies, Pharisees, Sadducees, high priests, presidents of priesthoods, that all that he may reign with blood and horror on this earth. And how is it that ye, and how is it that ye are different than they, O ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, who have also been deceived? For it hath been a requirement of mine anointed in all ages of the world to descend below all things. And how are these things possible if it is that he does not descend below the generation in which he lives? For woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, and blessed are you when all men shall revile against you falsely for my name's sake. For so did their fathers unto the prophets who were sent even unto them Ephraim. And did I not, and did not I, the Lord God, say through the mouth of my servant, Woe unto him who is at ease in Zion, yea, woe unto him who is saith, All is well, yea, all is well, Zion prospereth. And are not these thy words at this time, saith the Lord God of battles and burnings? Yea, what meanest thou, O man? Was not my servant Nephi a prophet also? when I, the Lord God, did move, did move upon him by the power of my spirit, which is as a consuming fire, which did cause even his mighty frame that it should quake from the power thereof. For he, even he, did prophesy of thee, O Ephraim, or ye that call yourselves Latter-day Saints, even at this time, for it is that I, the Lord God, have known the end from the beginning, even before the foundation of the world have I known thee. Therefore, repent, repent, lest unhappily ye find yourself in that torment which shall consume thee as a consuming fire, O ye rebellious children, who are full of iniquity. For hath it not been written, that by the weak and simple and the despised things of the earth, that I, the Lord God, would thrash the nations by the power of my spirit? And are ye not a nation unto me, O Ephraim, that ye should come out of her, even Babylon, and take thy place among the nations as a queen that thou art, O Ephraim? Ephraim, my beloved, from before the foundation of the world? For thou, even thou art my beloved, saith the Lord God of Israel. For was it 
was it not that Enoch was slow of speech, even that the people did hate him? It did not my servant Moses stutter, and this because of his meekness before my people? And was not my servant but a boy when he did slay Goliath? And was not my only begotten considered to be the least in the kingdom of heaven by them that who thrust him out and would not feed him, that he wandered alone in the desert without friend among men, being tormented because of the exquisite truth and power which was his to wield for the salvation of mankind, and they did crucify him, O man. And thus the warfare which, which began before the foundation of the earth, or of the world, hath it not been, been continued here, O man, against the holy priesthood of the Son of God, and shall not be ended until one or the other is bound and driven from off the earth. But them who did serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life. But them who do serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life with the Father and the sons and daughters of God. But them who hate me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal death and shall dwell with the devil and his sons for all eternity, if it should be that they will repent, not repent and be obedient unto mine ordinances, saith the Lord. And their worm dieth not, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone, and the end thereof no man knoweth, save he shall be made partaker thereof. And this key, saith the Lord, I give unto thee, O man, that ye may be able to detect and discern any influence, whether it be from that evil one or by my spirit, saith the Lord. And that which causeth your souls to expand and to believe in the sons of God, ye may know with a perfect knowledge that it is sent by the gift and power of God for the salvation of the sons and daughters of men. And on the contrawise, that which doth cause pain and distress of soul and despair, and that which causes you, O man, to turn away from the God that made you is not of me, saith the Lord, but is of that evil one. So I'm going to end it at that. We're at 32 minutes into this reading as it is, and I have to go to work. So thank you for listening. I'll try to get part two up probably sometime this week. Okay, all right. Part 2 of Revelations For he desireth your destruction, O man, and if ye are ensnared by him, ye must perish, saith the Lord. And this despair and lack of hope cometh because of your iniquity and unbelief, and produceth death, both spiritually and physically, saith the Lord. Therefore, if the words of a man edify and give hope and light and life, then ye may know that it is of God. But if a man's words cause despair and take away hope and faith in God, then ye may know that it is not of me, saith the Lord. And that, that light which filleth the immensity of space is the same light which quickeneth your understanding, saith the Lord, and produceth from me even the author there from or proceedeth from me even the author thereof
And those bodies which are celestial, which are filled with light, comprehendeth all things, and they are God's, for all things are theirs, whether in life or death, for all power is given unto them who be God's, even the sons and daughters of God. A man, not the woman, is the crown of creation, saith the Lord God, and she shall submit unto me even through the man, even the Lord God, the mightiest of all, or she shall be removed out of her place, and another woman more worthy of my glory shall stand beside the man, whom I, the Lord, have created in mine own image. And that spirit which leadeth the woman to assert herself independent of man, whom I have formed after mine own image, the glory of my form cannot be withstood by the earth in its present form. Is that devil spoken of, <coughs> even the enemy of all, that is that which is right and just and good? And unless she shall free herself from this delusion, taught even at this time among the children of men, which is contrary to that order among the sons and daughters of God, which order is called patriarchal, which is the order which exists among them who are in heaven. She shall be destroyed by me, saith the Lord God of burnings and might and honor. <clears throat> For I will not be mocked by the ignorant and foolish of the children of men who know not my ways, nor do they know my thoughts, saith the Lord, uh, Lord God. For my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, O man and O woman, who art in rebellion even in these and other things at this present time. And unless ye repent of these false teachers, ye shall be uh, destroyed, saith the Lord. <clears throat> Any man who receives a prophet, <clears throat> whether he be of God or of another spirit, should seek to know whether that prophet be of God or some other spirit. Okay, this is my notes that I have inserted here. This is not part of the revelation, but it's mine. If he treats a false prophet lightly, he would also treat the true one lightly. If, he, if that man who receives the prophet hear the words of that prophet and seeks to know by the fruits of that prophet, and then after he spends time sincerely striving to know if that prophet be of God or of any other, he shall go in prayer after he has studied the matter out. And if that prophet be of God, the Spirit will burn within him, and he may know the fruit of love and peace that will come unto his heart, that he may, may know. But if that prophet be false or fallen, the Spirit will withdraw from him and leave him if he believes the false prophet. And when the spirit of anxiety and depression and darkness come upon him, that he may know the thing that he believed is wrong. But belief is a key, and withholding judgment until God reveals to you truth is also key. That man who will judge and will not believe will have a harder time getting the answer. God says, if you lack wisdom, ask me, but not to be double-minded. Uh, double he says, it's, says to study it out, and he says to take no thought save only to pray, and that we must study it out, then ask. 
All right, continuing on with the revelation. For I, even I, am a glorified and exalted man, saith the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I have not changed, nor will I, but I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, saith the Lord God of Israel. And Judah, for I, even I, did appear unto the patriarchs of old, and did show unto them also my glory. And as I said concerning the sons and daughters of God, they speak and it is done, and they move through the immensity of space and time at will, and they move, saith the Lord, faster than thought, and they possess all power, might, and intelligence, and nothing can withstand them at their presence. All things flee away unless unless quickened by them, and are consumed from might, the might of their glory of which the sun at noonday is typical in comparison. Yea, even the earth upon which thou standest, O man, shall be consumed at their appearance unto thee at the last day. For did not my servant behold us in that day that we spake unto him from out of the heavens? And did he not behold our glory? His frame being quickened by us, that he could withstand our presence which in the might thereof the tongue of men cannot form. So this is their witness of my experience with them in 2003. And thus he, even he, is an eyewitness of our glory as them of old, for he stood in our presence, and we did converse with him face to face in our own tongue. And he too shall assume his rightful place among the sons and daughters of God. For we have proved him, saith the Lord. For he was also with us from the beginning and was ordained by us that he should come come unto thee, O man, at this time. And he should testify unto thee that he has seen for himself as them which are fabled among men, even them of old. For ye shall also be partakers with, of life with us, yea, even that life which surpasseth all understanding, as soon as ye are sanctified through the words which, shall, which we shall speak unto thee, O man, through the mouth of our anointed prophet, even he who is the one who should come unto thee, O man, that thou shouldest partake with us, of that life and intelligence and power which the mind of man cannot comprehend in glory and might and majesty and power thereof. And it is the desire of that evil one that he should that ye should be kept from the knowledge of these things, yea, that ye be kept in darkness, death and despair. And the operations of that evil one are detected through the medium of mine anointed. Even my servant, who is that one mighty and strong prophesied that he should come unto thee. For it is that that old serpent, the devil, transformeth himself into an angel of light, and his ministers, yea, of that which is known as Christianity, which doctrines are an abomination in my sight, saith the Lord, into the, uh, unto the ministers in righteousness, saith the Lord, into ministers of righteousness, 
that the whole world lieth and groaneth even now in sin. And sin is rebellion against light and truth and knowledge and is darkness. And these things are detected through the medium of my appointment. And thus, O man, ye are helpless against these things, except ye be obedient unto them who are empowered by me to detect and rebuke these things, that ye be edified and comforted, and have life which shall swell your souls, that ye expand in light and truth and life. And this promise I give unto you, that ye also shall behold my glory and enter into my presence through the medium of mine appointment, which is after the order of Melchizedek, saith the Lord. For he hath come unto thee, that ye shall be redeemed up into my presence as anciently. And if ye are obedient unto me through him whom I, the Lord God, have chosen, ye shall have an escape, and ye shall be sheltered as a hen doth shelter her chickens under her wings, even from the buffetings of Satan. And it is that those who go on in their rebellion against mine anointed shall receive of the second death. And if they repent, if they repent not, which, de- which death of the Spirit, which is a total annihilation thereof, back to its native element from which it was begotten in that day, that I did create it from the intelligence which is eternal. For the devil desire that you be a partaker with him of these things. Therefore, that which produceth light and stability and faith and sound mind and courage and hope and peace and love and joy and power and glory and honor and might and intelligence is of me, even the Father thereof. And that which produceth death and the effects thereof which are despair, lack of hope, hope, and doubtings, and anguish of soul, and fear, and troubles, and tremblings, and buffetings, and uneasiness of mind, and heart, and soul, and pain, and verily anything which doth not edify, is not of me, and is of darkness, saith the Lord God, the Lord God of Israel, and is of the devil, even the author of death, and the effects thereof. Which are this despair and lack of hope and anguish and soul and fear and troubles and tremblings and buffetings and uneasiness of mind, of heart and soul? These things, are they not of that evil one, saith the Lord? For by their fruits ye shall know them, and uneasy loud emotions and exclamations and shoutings are not of me, saith the Lord. But righteous rebuke and anger against uncleanliness is of me. For mine only begotten was he not full of the rebuke of the Lord. And did they not crucify him because of these things? Therefore, if ye are rebuked by me, receive it with joy. For thus are ye accounted worthy to be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord God. For what father among you correcteth not his children whom he loveth? And this is his anxiety for their welfare as his own, that they perish not. Therefore, if ye are rebuked by him, receive it with gladness, for it shall 
work upon thy soul for thy good, if ye receive it without anger and railings, saith the Lord, and ye may and ye shall be my children, even sons and daughters of the Most High God. But if ye, but if it so be that ye go on in your rebellion against me, saith the Lord, and mine anointed, then ye shall be thrust down into that hell spoken of, and ye shall not escape even the buffetings of Satan until that which is known as the second resurrection. And the chains thereof, even hell, do they not bind your minds and soul, souls even now unto destruction, saith the Lord. And a little child Satan hath no power over. Therefore ye must become as little ch- children, and be rebaptized for the remission of sins by mine anointed, even my servant, and those who are ordained by him, unto this power and none else. For straight is the gate, and truly narrow is the way, saith the Lord God. And he that will harden his heart against thee, these things, and go on in the blindness of his mind, must perish, saith the Lord, must perish with them who are wise and prudent and lifted up in the pride and cares of the world, even your merchants and your doctors and your lawyers and your scribes and your Pharisees and your teachers, and your politicians, and all those who would uphold that which is known as Babylon the Great, who are mine enemies, saith the Lord, who are pillars which uphold the kingdom of this world, which are of the devil, and who did tempt mine only begotten, and say unto him, All these are kingdoms, all these are kingdoms, and they are mine. And who did crucify mine only begotten in that day, because of his so-called offense against their order, to, and to which my people Israel are enslaved, even Zion, and trodden under the foot, underfoot by them at this time, saith the Lord God of Israel. For would not the wicked and ignorant of the children of men trod, under, trod underfoot the very God of Israel, if in their power? And for this reason they shall be ground even unto powder by mine warriors who are full of honor, saith the Lord. For is thy slavery, O, pe- o my people, not worse than that of Pharaoh? And did I not prophesy these things through the mouth of my servant Moses in the book of Deuteronomy in that day? And these servants of the world, if they retreat not from their stand shall suffer the second death who shall withstand for who shall withstand the Holy One of Israel who is is a consuming fire to those who are mine enemies as in the days of Pharaoh and this hath been my gospel saith the Lord in all ages of the world upon, upon which thou standest and now as I said concerning your presidencies saith the Lord He's speaking of the presidencies of the LDS Church. But really, it can apply to... Well, he is speaking of the uh, LDS Church here specifically. That if it should be that they are, are wholly departed from my count... That if it should be that they should wholly depart from my counsels unto them, 
in the hardness of their heart and the blindness of their minds, which thing hath afflicted almost all of your authorities from the time of Joseph Smith, that ye shall not have power to appoint another in the stead thereof. So they, they've corrupted themselves and they've been rejected and they don't have the power to, to appoint anybody because they have had their authority rejected completely, 100%. And they lost it a long time ago in part, but they completely lost it in July, uh, July 15th of 2013, completely. When God told me to sever the ordinances of all the holy people on the earth. And I didn't know that that was a prophecy in Daniel chapter 12 until a month or two later. And I never even thought of that before. But when he told me to do, to use the authority he gave me to sever the ordinances or the power of all the holy people, which is the priesthood. Um, I said, why do you want me to do this? And he said, because if they will not accept you as my witness, I will not accept them. And I am their witness. I have seen them face to face in the flesh, in the flesh, both our Father and our Redeemer. And I have knelt before the Father, and he did place his physical resurrected hands on my physical head in the temple at the top of Mount Vashel, which is the house, the mountain, the mountain of the house of, of God, or the it, it's the temple, the temple that I was to, uh, that I was directed to go to after I was taken to the valley. Um, when I climbed the mountain, I went in the temple of the Father, and that's where I saw the Father and the Son face to face, and. They gave me the authority and the keys of the priesthood and the kingdom thereof, all of the keys. And they told me um, to be a servant on the earth and, and, you know, continue to learn and grow. And that was in 2003. And then in 2013, God said, kneel before me and ask me who you are. And when I asked him who I am, I was taken up in the spirit and I saw a vision of the pre-existence and I saw a, a lifted platform and on the platform I saw three thrones who were right next to each other and I saw the father, God the creator, or Michael, who became Adam, standing in the middle and to his right side I saw Yeshua or Jesus Christ or God the Redeemer and to his left side, I saw Hillel, or who the Latins call Lucifer, who is God the witness, who is the bearer of light and truth. And I saw that Lucifer rebelled because he felt like he should be the first witness, not the second witness. And because of his pride and his arrogance, he was cast out. And he had his name and title stripped from him, and he became Hasatan, or Satan, or the accuser, which he was, which he became. And I saw many others cast out with them, and they became his arch demons and his demons. And then I saw the Father and the Son go down among they who were mighty and strong. Now, there were 12 who were mighty and strong before the rebellion, and about half of us remained. 
And I saw the Father and the Son choose me from among them to take the place of the witness of the Father and the Son, or the bearer of light and truth. That's who I am. I saw the Father and the Son go among the noble and great ones and choose from among them those to fill the vacancies in the quorum of mighty and strong ones, which were twelve in front of the Father, the Son, and the Witness, who are also mighty and strong for this earth. And whether I've been on the earth many times or this one time, Mark Lichtenwalter is not my true name. That's the name I have on the earth. But this is a character that I am playing in this stage of life. And whether I have had many names or not, I am the witness of the Father and the Son. And I am among you at this time. And these revelations are about me. And they're to you, who are the children of the house of Ephraim, to call you to repentance. For there is an end of their priesthood, and if they should cause themselves to be severed from the heavens, and it, hold on, well, I'm going to reread this, and now as I said concerning your presidency, saith the Lord, that if it should be that they should wholly depart from my counsels unto them, in the hardness of their hearts, and the blindness of their minds, which thing hath afflicted almost all of your authorities from the time of Joseph Smith, that they should not have power to appoint another in, in the stead thereof. And for, their, for there is an end of their priesthood, and if they should ca- cause themselves to be severed from the heavens, and it was that my even my servant Joseph did plead long and hard unto me concerning the manuscript, in the which I did grant unto him that that which did prove to be a snare and a curse instead of a blessing, saith the Lord. And in this day, saith the Lord, them who ye unlawfully sustain as your presidencies did also plead long and hard, even as my servant Joseph, for that which was not right. And I, the Lord God, did grant that which should be a snare even unto their souls, even in these things, yea, even unto their destruction. And how much greater was my servant Joseph than than them whom ye ye sustain as your presidency, saith the Lord. For did I, the Lord God, not speak through the mouth of my servant, as he is known among men, Ezekiel, that if a prophet be deceived when he hath spoken a thing, I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet, that I may take the house of Israel and their own heart, saith the Lord, because they are all estranged from me through their idols, in, in the which they do live, saith the Lord, deliciously with Babylon the great, 
and seek even the praise and the honors of the world. For this record is the four, this is recorded in the 14th book of the chapter of the book of Ezekiel, ninth verse. For did I, the Lord God, not also grant unto Israel through Samuel my servant, who saw much affliction because of the wickedness of the children of Israel in his day, that they also should have a king like unto other nations, which was the desire of their hearts. And did this not also not prove to be a snare and a curse unto them? For how oft was Israel led astray through the wickedness of her kings? Anyway, I've got to um, take a break from this. So that was part two of the revelations. And like, I'm never going to get done with these revelations because they are really, really long. And there's a whole bunch of them. So I'm just working on uh, it a little bit of time as I can, as I have time to. Of course, I work. I have a farm. I've got kids. I've got a house that's got to be fixed. Um, But I'm waiting in the car right now for my wife to do the thing that she needs to do. So I thought I would take some time and actually create a video and also create uh, a sound clip for the radio show. So um, I haven't created a video for the first part. Um, I will try to when I have time. But I already uh, recorded the clip for the radio show for the first part. So anyway, I'll try to get some more done. And then I'll share them on the radio program as I get them done. So thank you for listening. Okay, so that was part two of the revelations. Hold on, let me turn this down. All right, so um, I guess I'll just talk about uh, how all that came, uh, you know, like came to be. So in 2012, 10 years ago today, my wife turned 29. Happy birthday, Kim. Are you there? Thank you. She did not know me, but she did know me in a chat room in a couple of weeks 10 years ago. Because I think it was in March that I came into LDSSingles.com. And I had uh, an account on LDS Mingles, and I was one of the first uh, members that I helped give them money to to create that site. So I had a lifetime membership there. But um, another company came in and they bought LDS Mingles and LDS Singles. So they became sister sites. And I don't know how it all was, but they were basically run on HTML format. And I had learned how to use HTML format to create uh, chat uh, like fonts, uh, like they'd give you like five fonts and like a couple of different colors or whatever to be in the chat room, but I could do things that nobody else could do. And uh, in LDS Mingles, I started my secret society of the sacred crayon, and I did that in LDS Mingles too. And 
Kim and I would joke around a bunch, you know, and just with everybody. And um, I gave her one of the HTML codes so that she could have a different kind of font with a different kind of color than anybody else could do. And, like, I could do fonts where, like, you had to highlight it to see what the font was. You, I could do upside-down fonts. I could do backwards fonts. I could do big old fonts and little tiny itty-bitty fonts and all kinds of colors. So um, it was just, you know, and neither one of us were looking for a relationship. But God told me to go there, and I was like, why well, don't I want to go there? I, I don't, like, I had to pay for that site. I didn't have to pay for LDS Mingles, you know. But God told me to do something, and I said, all right, fine, I'll go do it. Anyway, so, Kim, how did you end up on that site? Um, so, I used to talk with my bishop a lot, all the time, about all of the things, um, that had gotten me to the point that I was at then. (laughs) Anyways, and, um, he said that I was, um, let's see, I was angry, I guess. And he said that I needed... Hostile? Yeah. He said that I needed (laughs) to talk talk with men without biting their heads off. And that just because a guy talks to me, I don't have to, you know, shut him down from even talking to me. Because I was just matter-of-fact and then done. So, So, um, just so we have a little background here... Kim's ex went to jail, and he got charged with 40-something years in prison. But then they had to declare a mistrial because the defense or somebody, I don't know, there was a mistrial. And Kim didn't want to have to go through the embarrassment of the grand jury again with all the stuff that he did to her. So he got put on an ankle monitor and a uh, huge protective order, whatnot, and she escaped. That was in upstate New York. She escaped to upstate New Hampshire, where her family was. And um, she was angry. And I completely understand why she was angry. I mean, I would be angry, too, if that stuff happened to me. And what happened to me wasn't as bad as what happened to her. But we've both been through some things. Anyway, so your bishop. Um, so I was just, I didn't want to be controlled anymore by anybody. Um, I, I was controlled as a child a lot because of religion. And I was controlled, like mind controlled and all that kind of stuff. And just with everything that I was, I was always controlled and did what I was supposed to do, and I was obedient and just really easy to manipulate and control all the time. And so it led to that, you know, my last relationship, it it led to that, where it was so ridiculous that um, it was just way over the top. And so I got out of that situation, and then I was never going to ever give anybody the opportunity 
to have control over me or my life ever again. Just done with it. And um, so I, every time that I've ever met any man in my whole entire life, they were all controlling and um, angry and always, um, no matter what I did, it was never enough. And it always had to be more. Except, and so they would control me. Except so, for your brother wait, Cameron and, and yeah, your brother Cameron Joseph. And yeah, Ryan, I mean, yeah. Ryan Joseph, whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, they, neither one of them, but that's the only two men that I had ever known that were not mean. So I was just like, nope, I'm not even going to give them the time of day, not even give them a chance, nothing. I'm not doing it anymore, ever. And I don't even know why any woman would want to, because I, even now, I'm married, I've been married for almost 10 years, um... And I get to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it all the time. doesn't even matter. I'm the one who makes, like, the money decisions in my family. I'm in control of bills. And I know that, like, makes me sound like I am a control freak. But when you are always controlled your whole entire life and you're always getting hurt because these people are making bad decisions, um, then you tend to be a little bit over the top. So, anyways, I wasn't going to let that ever happen again. So when men would talk to me, yeah, they would, you know, try to be nice and they'd try to hit on me. And I'm like, I just wanted them to know right away. You don't have the time of day. I don't have the time of day for you. And no, get it out of your head. I am absolutely always going to be unavailable. Always. So because I was like that and my bishop knew that I was like that, he was like, you need to just talk to men without biting their heads off. And I was like, okay, because I listened to my bishop and did whatever he asked me to do. And I was going to church every single Sunday, even though it was 45 minutes away. I was um, going, doing my calling as a nursery leader. And I was taking my kids to all of their um, church um, things and also counseling from what they had experienced with uh, my ex was abuse, so he took them to counseling and play therapy and doing all of the things. And I would read my scriptures every single day for an hour a day when I had my break. I would bring them to work with me. I was doing all of the things that was asked of me. And I knew it was supposed to be the plan of happiness, but I was not happy. And my bishop told me that he would like me to get on to LDS Singles or some site like LDS Singles and just talk to men. And I was like, Ugh, seriously? And it was just after I had gotten my tax return back and stuff. So I was like, okay, fine. I will pay the, you know, one month thing. And he said, and if you just do it for one month, and I won't, I won't ever bother you about it again. And I said, okay, that's fine. This was Bishop Melville. And he, and I was like, okay, that's fine. So I did it. But then it was like, buy one month, get three free or something. And I was like, okay, fine. So that's what I did. And that's how come I was on there. Because I was obe I was obedient. I'm always obedient. Yes. And so both of us have been in relationships where we decided that that was never going to happen again. Now, my last relationship wasn't abusive, but it tore my heart out. And... um. I had been in other relationships that just, you know, I 
I've only been in love three times before Ken. Ken's the fourth. And the first one was my um, my ex-wife. Well, she's my ex now. But um, And I, I thought I knew what love was before that. I did not. But that was crazy. The relationship was extremely difficult. I had undiagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder and borderline personality disorder, which basically makes me see everything in black and white. That's why I am so black and white. That's why I'm like, nope, this is the way it is, because that's the way God said it, and that is not the right way, and that's, that's that. And that develops when you have severe traumatic um, situations that you go through as a child, people that go through really bad things, they develop that disorder. So I have that. Um, but it doesn't mean, like a lot of people think it means that you're schizophrenic. That has nothing to do with it. Borderline is completely different. Anyway, and also post-traumatic stress disorder that I had not worked through. And then she had Asperger's and who uh, who knows what else. But anyway, so I just, I loved her to death, but it wasn't. It was not a healthy relationship for either of us. So that ended in 2006, and uh, I was very angry over that for years, for four years, before I dated again. And then I dated this girl, who I found out is like, well, I don't know what kind of cousin she was, but uh, we had, we were, and we're still friends with her. I think she even listens to these programs sometimes. But anyway, I was at her house in Lehigh, and she had her genealogy books out on her table that she was working through. And I looked at them, and I saw my great-grandmother's name in her genealogy book. And then I was like, what is this? (laughs) Anyway, it turns out my great-grandmother and her great-grandfather were siblings. (laughs) So our great-great-grandparents were the same. And so anyway, so after that, we'd be like, hey, cuz. <laughs> anyway, um, but she and I were pretty, I mean, we were like just together. Like there's like a magnetic attraction between us. And Kim's seen it because Kim has been around when we visit with our friends. Anyway, <laughs> Kim laughed about it. Anyway, but uh, she got a revelation that I was, uh, that she was to release me, to break up with me because I needed to go meet my soulmate or something to that effect. I wish wish Nellie, that's her nickname, uh, could be on and talk about, you know, that way I'm not screwing up because that was like, it was like 2010 or 2011. Anyway, no, it was 2010. Anyway, so uh, so she broke up with me, and I was like, I don't understand why we love each other. And, you know, I was, I was pretty shook up by that. Anyway, it wasn't long after that that I met my soulmate. And then I got revelation about what a soulmate was, and, all of, and oh, my gosh. It was just a very strong, just, I don't even know how to describe it. Anyway, but her family did not like me. 
Um, they liked me all the way up until Christmas Day 2010, where the dad slipped out and was she was only 23. I was 33 at the time, so 10 years difference. And the dad, like, was screaming at her, and she was, like, down in the corner shaking, and I was watching this happen, and I was not going to let that happen to her. So I got in a fight with the dad and the brother, and they basically said that under no circumstances is she ever to see me again. And she went behind her their back for a little while, but then she just broke it off completely because of something that her aunt said about receiving revelation from uh, she, her, not her aunt, her aunt was dead. Her friend proclaimed to be a medium in the LDS church who could talk to spirits, and this, the spirit of her dead aunt came to her through this woman. And anyway, long story short, we break up. I tried everything I could do to try to, you know, fix it. And eventually I ended up hanging myself three times. Each time couldn't get off the flipping rope for quite a while. My whole head was bruised, um, like swollen, tongue swollen, like it was a mess. And then um, I had a whole bottle of Tramadol for pain, and I just downed the whole bottle, passed out, woke up seven hours later in a puddle of vomit, and I was high for three days, and I realized that I can't, I, I tried to commit suicide multiple times, uh, beginning at 14 years old, started talking about it at nine years old, because of the crap that I went through. Anyway, I decided that I needed to go to the beach and just get away. So I drove from Moses Lake, Washington, down to pick up my friend in Salt Lake, and I helped another friend for a little bit that was going through some CPS issues. And then we went and picked up a friend in Vegas. We went to New Orleans, stayed there for a little while, and then we went to St. Petersburg, Florida. And that's where I was, and I healed for about a year down there before I met Kim. So I didn't want to get married to anyone at all. I didn't even want a relationship. I could not go through that heartache ever again. And was fine because there wasn't a whole lot of LDS people down there to begin with. But I did have this lifetime membership on LDS Mingles, and I enjoyed talking with people. And I enjoyed using the message boards, talking about theology, you know. But, but God told me, to get a new account at LDS Singles, which was the sister site that I did not have a um, a membership for. So, um, so Kim and I met in March of 2012 on this LDS Singles website, and like we would talk, and and like anytime any girl would like seemed like she was interested in me, I would just tell her about the whore that was my life and how I'm screwed up and I'm not ever getting married. Because a lot of women, they get revelation that they're, at least they used to, I don't know anymore, but they used to tell me, I get this a couple of times a year. God told me I'm supposed to be your wife. 
and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess we can date or something, you know. <laughs> and, like, I had that happen many times. Well, with Kim, uh, she would be all like, I see you're crazy, and I up you. And she'd tell me about her experiences and stuff. So we got to be kind of good friends and, and chat and uh, private messaging. And then one day she had to go, and we were talking about something, and she gave me her phone number so I could text her. So we texted, and I would, like, send her pictures of the beach and all the places I was working and all the stuff I was doing. And, and we developed a friendship. Well, I was at a, a gay resort with my gay friends because I have a friend who is bi from high school who used to be my best friend. And I was like, you know, I, he has these issues, and that's between him and God, and I still love him like a brother. And he actually saved me when I was homeless. Uh, he's one of the reasons I'm still alive, because he would let me, he would sneak me into his house, and I would be able to sleep in his bedroom sometimes, not all the time, because he had this really strict, overbearing military father. But... um and then I'd have to get up at five in the morning and crawl out the window, you know, before the dad got up and slipped out. And I became really good friends with his dad later on in life. But anyway, so um, I was at this gay resort called the Flamingo in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I was at the pool and uh, with my friends. And um, I got this very strong prompting that I needed to call Kim. And I was like, hi, this is Lazarus, because that was my screen name. Um, I have to tell you something. God told me I have to call you, and he told me I have to tell you something. Out of the blue. She'd never heard my voice before. Kim, I am on the mine road. Do you want to pick up where I am leaving off? Yeah, I can't hear you. Kimberly. Hi. Yep. Hi. Did you go in the house yet? Yes, I did, and they were just giving me all of the things. <laughs> I can't believe them. You yeah, didn't even know. And I, and I had time to wrap it because she took forever. That's because oh. when you were MIA... When Emmett got home, I was freaking out that something was wrong. Yeah, I went and got gifts and balloons and cake and uh, yeah. things. And, and did I mention balloons? Yeah, Arius uh, is happy about the balloons. And this chocolate cake looks so yummy. We're about to cut it open. They happy birthdayed, and, they, and we blew it out, and they... Lit the butterfly on fire by accident. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm on the mine road. I'm about to lose service. You pick up where I left off, called you, and you're like, uh, okay, hi, uh, weirdo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, what happened was <laughs> I had – said a prayer but okay so crazy x right i had this crazy x 
and he got out of jail or prison um, on a technicality, on something stupid. So they let him out because they declared a mistrial, and I was, like, freaking out. And he was getting out of jail, and then he got engaged to my best friend that I, like, slept at her house and, like, painted her toenails. Her mother came with me to the trial when I had to go in front of the grand jury and everything, and they knew. And, you know, she I don't know why, but she married him. Anyway. So um, I got down on my knees and I was like, how can all of these men can do whatever they want to these women? And then like me, and then I'm scarred for the rest of my life because of the things that these men do to me. And I like, don't trust any guys. I am sorry. Arius is singing in the background. Um, I, I was, it was just crazy. I'm like, why can they do that? That's not fair. So, and I was like telling God, you know, um, I was asking him questions actually about the things that I was reading. Cause like I said, I did scripture study all the time, every single day. And um, I, I was asking him, why does it say this? What is this to whom it may concern thing? Like, where did that come from? Why didn't proclamation? So it was ridiculous. And I was like, asking all these questions and and um sorry distracted i was asking all these questions and i also asked jeffy in the prayer i said i want to know who my eternal companion is and i want him sent to me because um i was going to church like i was supposed to i was doing my calling like i'm supposed to um reading the scriptures like i'm supposed to drawing closer unto god saying prayers, teaching my kids the right way, um, doing all of the things. And saying, hold on. Um, and so it's like, if I'm doing all of these things, then I should be happy because it's the plan of happiness. But I wasn't happy. So I asked God to, um, that if I could meet, thanks for singing happy birthday to me, Arius. He's just singing happy birthday in the background. Um, um, you were very upset though because you found out that your best friend is, was getting married to this I said that. guy you that you. Heard that part. But you were crying. You were not like you were very. There was a long prayer, and you were asking God a whole yeah. bunch of different questions. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I put myself in timeout. I was like, I'm in timeout. I let my um two older kids, my two kids. At the time, I let them watch a movie, which they didn't get to do every night. Like, it was it was a big deal to them. Um, and I was like, I'm in timeout. And, yeah. Some of that has to be safe for dad, right? So, anyways, said a prayer. And um, my whole life praying, um, God has always heard my prayers. He always has answered. And it's not like one of those, well, yeah, just pray until something happens. And then six months later, something happens. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Every time, every time that I have prayed, there's always been an immediate response answer and um, in not like coy or like not hidden or anything. It was just deliberate and it was done. And I knew and have had faith my whole life um, in him and him answering and in my prayers. And I, you know, even my family, it's like this long running thing when they're like, oh, something difficult is about to happen or did happen or they're 
you know, going to do something, then um, they'll call me and say, I need you to pray about this because um, they know that God hears my prayers. <laughs> now he's saying happy birthday with Eliza with mom. <laughs> um, anyway, so. <laughs> um, so anyways, I said the prayer and um, yeah, it was a long time and I was crying and I was on my knees and, you know, I was upset, but um, I prayed about it and I wanted to know who my eternal companion is and I wanted him sent to me as well as all the other questions that I had been asking in the prayer as well. So, um, so then um, that's where it was, it was a couple hours after the prayer, but still, you know, it wasn't like days or weeks later. It was a couple hours after the prayer um, when Mark had got the, you know, the prompting of the spirit to call me. And I was like, uh, hi, you know, like, hello. Um, but I did not tell him that I had prayed about. I didn't even talk to him about the prayer. He didn't know. Okay. That was loud, Olivia. He did not know about the prayer. He, um, just started talking. He's like, I, God told me to call you, and I just have some things that I need to talk to you about. I so didn't he started know talking. anything about the situation. I had no yeah. idea about any of that stuff, about the ex or the abuse or anything. We were kind of acquaintances. Anyway. Anyway, so um, he just started answering my questions. Um, not, And I wasn't asking him the questions. He just was talking and randomly answering all these questions that I had asked him or asked God. And um, I was feeling the spirit burn really strongly. It felt like my whole body was glowing and just like um, almost like I was levitating from the spirit was so strong and just burning so, so strong. Um, Well, he had told me about his experience with the father, which he said many times on his radio programs before. Um, but he told me of his experience and I and I could just feel a spirit burning so strongly. But after um it seemed like hours, we were on the phone for a long time. And then I was like, Okay, you know, thank you and I actually was like, I don't know who your wife is gonna be. It's I it's not gonna be me. But whoever she is, she's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and I hope I get to meet her. That's what I told him and which now seems hilarious to me because I'm like, uh I'm not amazing. Um, so, um, yeah, I said, okay, thank you, and thanks for answering my questions. And I got off the phone with him. And then I um, said another prayer and praying to God to thank him for giving me the answers that I was seeking, but also that I was – Amberly, I'm on the radio show. Hold on. Um, so was like – seriously, this is the guy. And I was like, this cannot be the guy that I'm supposed to, that is, you know, supposed to be with me for eternity because I asked for him to be sent to me and he is not sent to me. So, so then, (laughs) um, I, yeah, I had said that prayer. Um, right after I had said that prayer, and I heard a voice, an audible voice, and it said to bear his him children, to marry him and bear his children to ease his burden. 
And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to think I'm a lunatic. Also, I was like, I need to write this down because I'm never going to believe myself that that just happened. Because, yeah, okay, I'm not going to believe myself that that happened. And even if I had not written it down, I sometimes am like, that is ridiculous. How did that even happen? So, um, yeah, so at first I was like, I'm not going to – if I tell this guy what I just heard, he's going to think I'm a lunatic. So I – wasn't going to tell him right away, but luckily God, um, had, knew what was going to happen. And, um, Mark's phone actually broke because he had gotten out of the pool and he had gotten it wet and it was a touch screen. And so, um, it wasn't working correctly for like three days. And so he, um, <laughs> he actually, couldn't really, I don't remember what it was. Um, it would ring, but the screen wouldn't work or something. So anyways, for three days, we, we didn't really talk. We did get on Skype, but then randomly one day I just said, no, you know, I no, told no. Him what. We didn't Skype till later. We just got in the chat room. We'd oh, like the chat room, that's what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I just told I told him, I said, God told me to marry you and bear you children to ease your burden. And then he told me that God told him to take me as his wife. Ah, Arius. I've got a kid climbing on me with chocolate in my face, in his face. Arius, stop. And so we were like, I guess we should get to know each other. And that's when we were like, maybe we should Skype and just get to know each other then, you know? So that yes. was May 28th of 2012. I mm-hmm. put in for vacation. Kim was going to come down to South Car- no, North Carolina. I was going to fly mm-hmm. up there. Uh, tell them about that. Um, at the time I was teaching, Sorry, in upstate New Hampshire, I was teaching. And I would get the summer off, and I was going to go and visit my family in North Carolina, where they live. And I was planning on that trip, and I let Mark know that that's when I would go there if he wanted to meet me there. That was fine. We would meet each other and see how it went. Um, my grandfather was supposed to help me drive down to North Carolina. Um, but he canceled like the day before there's a couple days before I was supposed to leave. So then I was like, um, hold on. I'm sorry. Um, Lydia, I'm trying to do the radio show right now. So me stopping to talk to you, I'm not even on mute right now. Now I'm just talking to you on the radio show. Um, can you go help with the kids while I'm trying to do this? Thank you. Okay. Drive down with my grandfather. And it's a long drive from New Hampshire down to where I'm at or I I was going to. Um but he canceled and I let Mark know and then um Mark said, Well, how about if I buy a plane ticket and um you can just pick me up up there and I'll help you drive down. And I was like, 
And you live okay. 50 miles, about 50 miles from Canada. That's how yeah. far upstate really you are. Really close. <laughs> yes. Yep. But you hated getting on airplanes. Oh, yeah. I was terrified of being on airplanes because of things that I had been through in the past that I'm not going to talk about right now because this is, yeah, it's just not the place for it. Anyway, but so I got on an airplane even though I was terrified to be on an airplane and flew to LaGuardia and then I flew to Birmingham or Burning Land. Burlington. <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember that. And I met her for the first time in the airport with her two kids. Emma was six. Oh, yeah. Olivia was three. Kim was 29. She's still 29. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that Hello. was when we first met. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I felt like getting loaded. when I first met him, like we had been doing that. Like for a million yeah. years, it just felt, it was like really natural. There wasn't Everything. anything scary about it, which was really surprising to me because I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm even considering this, you know, letting some guy be in control of me again, which actually was what I thought was going to happen, even though that's not what happened. Um. Anyway, so we, we got off or he got off the plane and I was like, are you hungry? You know, because he had been on an airplane forever, and he was like, "Sure." And I asked him what he wanted to eat, and he said he doesn't. It doesn't matter to him. He doesn't care. And um, he offered to drive, which was nice because I had just driven. Oh, what was it like three hours or something? I can't remember to get to the airport, kids. So, anyway, um, he drove us to a pizza place. We went to this like little mom and pop place. And we ordered some pizzas. We're all waiting for pizzas. We had ordered drinks and we were, you know, got some drinks. And my son, who was like six at the time, uh, was ridiculous because he would always mix all of the drinks of everything when you give him a cup to like get anything at the soda machine or whatever. Anyways, And I wouldn't drink after him because, you know, he was a six-year-old kid. And I was like, I'm not drinking after him. But um, he was like, you you want to try mine, you know, to Mark? And then Mark was like, sure. And I was like, oh, you know, I I was trying, I was going to stop it was what I was going to do. I was like, no, don't, you know, don't ask him to try yours. Because I thought he was going to freak out because um, men that I had known in the past, (laughs) um, kind of treated children more like they were a disease, like that they were germs and dirty and a disease and you you don't drink after them or, you know, you, I don't know, just, it's so hard to explain. But so that's what I was accustomed to. So then when he just like grabbed the drink and like drank after him, I was like, uh, okay, that's weird. You're weird. And, um, he was just really great. I took a picture of, didn't I take a picture of you and Lydia and Emmett? like drinking the same drink with straws. I think there was some kind of drink that we got. Yeah. We were drinking a shake. Oh, yeah. We That's what Lydia that was just saying, a strawberry shake. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was so weird to me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's 
drinking after my kids. Um, anyway, so, um, we went to the house and my mom was supposed to come over and chaperone. So she came over and my sister ended up coming over. My mom was really concerned because I met this guy online, you know, and you don't know what he's going to do. He could be, you know, a crazy person. (laughs) Um, so, um, I don't even think at that point I had told my mom that I had heard a voice that told me to marry him and bear his children and ease his burden because I'm pretty sure she would have thought I was a lunatic. Um, anyway, so he came over and he stayed at my house. How many, did you just stay overnight? How many days did we stay at my house? Like two days. I'm actually going down the hill. Okay. Uh, it was two days and I'm going to Hunter River right now. Yeah. So yeah, it was two days. <laughs> So she stayed there to chaperone like the first night and um, because she was like, Kimberly, and I was like, mom, we're adults. Uh, we're both not interested in what everybody else is going to think. We know, uh, you know, our own integrity and we know how we are. So anyway, so yeah, we slept in different rooms and everything. But my mother, the first night, and my sister both slept in my bed. So we had to move my son out of his room so I could sleep in my son's room. And then they slept out in the living room. Anyway, that was a little bit of information. Anyway, so we ended up going to um, New York first. And we went and so he could meet um, my aunt and my grandfather. Um, I don't think you met Daryl because my stepfather did you? I don't think you met him at first. Yeah, because... I did. I met Daryl. Did he I'm come over? I'm pretty sure I met him. No, we went over to his house. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he wouldn't come to my house. Anyway. Yeah. Because so, he's I a went. germaphobe. And a... Yeah. I'll keep it nice. And I had kids. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we um we went and kind of did like a drive-by, you know, looking of like the Capitol and what else did we do? (laughs) We just had like a crazy trip. Anyways, um, so during this trip, this drive down, usually um, any other guy that I've ever known They have to be in control of the whole trip. It has to be planned the right way. It has to be, um, I don't know, it just has to be his way, and everything has to accommodate the guy all the time. That's what I was always used to. So. Yeah, so we were on our way from New York down through Jersey, right across from Manhattan on 95 on the tollway. Yeah, it was a stressful um, situation. Yeah, and she was having a severe post-traumatic stress disorder whatever they call those the because class, yeah. the uh, the AC had gone out the kids were screaming and yelling and making all kinds of noise I was driving and we're in traffic in July uh, like right like July 1st or something like that of 2012 anyway but we yep. drove and we made our way down to Washington, D.C., and we were going to go around the Beltway, but I'd never been to D.C. So we, like, drove through downtown D.C. and around the 
Capitol building and the White House and the Congress and Senate and all that fun stuff. Anyway. It was like um, three. Wait, but I was going to yeah. tell you, so when we when we were in, um, when I had that panic attack, it was because he asked for the water. He asked me where the water was. And I was thinking, like, oh, i got to find the water before he flips out and starts screaming at everybody or, like, hitting us or something. Because I, I thought he was going to, like, freak out or something. I just thought it was, I don't know. Okay, when you have traumatic issues from other experiences, then you, you're not quite sure what is going to happen. But you're, like, you know, the possibility of what could happen is kind of crazy. So, anyway. So, he asked um, if I knew where the water was. And then I couldn't find it. I didn't find it fast enough. Like he found it on his own. He opened it up. He drank it on his own. He put it back. And I was thinking like, Oh, he's going to be so mad. Cause I didn't even help him. And the kids were, you know, in the back giggling and screaming and playing and whatever. And it was hot and we had the windows down. We were like in stopped traffic. So I am having this huge panic attack. Like he's about to flip out at me and my kids and we're in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> I was just having, like, this huge panic. I didn't say a whole lot to him about it, but a little while later, I don't even know how long after it was, but we needed to get water at a rest area. And so we stopped to get drinks. And um, that's when you had asked me. You were like, I don't know what I did. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I did something because something is wrong. And then I explained it to you, you know, about the problems that I have. And I explained to you I wasn't sure what to do in that situation because I really just thought that you were about to backhand me or something. And he was like, why on earth would I do that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why the other guys did it either. Like, I don't know. So, um, anyways, it was a good experience in that it was like helping me to understand like who he was and how he was. And he wasn't just like some crazy guy that um, I had known in the past. Um, So anyways, we got out to go get drinks. And do you remember Emmett kicked the tire of some really expensive looking car next to us? Do you remember that? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if he can hear me or not. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, we were in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and he kicked the tire of some really expensive car. And Mark Six years old. Yeah. Um, and it was the rubber part. Like, he did not leave a mark or do anything to the car. But he, he like, kicked this expensive car. And um, <laughs> Mark was closer to him than I was. Like, I was on the other side of the vehicle coming around the front end of it. And he, Mark didn't know exactly what to do, but he was like, oh, cause he was like, oh, I'm not, like, don't set off an alarm. We're not paying for this car, right? So he grabbed Emmett by both of his arms and just lifted him up and moved him, like, <laughs> into the car. He was just like, you won't do that. And he, like, moved him. And then when he did that, normally, because my ex also would like put his hands on Emmett and I was like way protective of my kids. And it's the reason I left the guy because he would start get physical with my son. And I was like, Oh, you could do a lot of things to me, but you're not hurting my kids. So 
anyway, Phil and Mark picked him up and, like, moved him three feet away from the car. Um, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and we had this kind of understanding of me having panic in my face and him kind of panicking that I was panicking. <laughs> and so, so he, like, put Emmett into the car, right? And the kids were getting buckled. And um, we went to the back of the car where he opened the back, and I think we were putting <laughs> drinks or something in there that we had bought. And he was like, um, okay, I know that I just grabbed your son. And he's like, and I did not hurt him. And I was like, I know. And he's like, but I know the look on your face. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and I know the way that I looked at you. I know you didn't do anything wrong. And I was kind of freaked out that he was going to damage that car too. So like these panic looks, and we both kind of just like, I don't know, like we debriefed over the whole situation really quickly because we were both like, uh, that's what happened. This is what you did. That was right. And you were kind of like, okay, uh, I didn't mean to offend you or him. And I was like, no, I would have totally done the same thing because I was like, I can't pay for that car. And he was like, I know. And Emmett, just so that everybody's clear here, Emmett wasn't crying or anything. Like he didn't hurt Emmett. He just picked him up and moved him. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, uh. It was it was kind of funny. So I was just learning more about him, like how he was with kids. And, you know, he wasn't going to hurt Emmett or he wasn't angry. He didn't yell or scream at Emmett. He just removed him from the situation so he wasn't going to I cost cannot, millions of dollars. <laughs> I cannot pick Emmett up anymore. I am not I that know. strong. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, he's yeah, my man like, child. Yeah, he's, he's taller than daddy. So um, that was just another thing, like the, the patience in the car. Anyways, he did ask me, he's like, I don't know what I did, um, but I know that some, I did something because you're freaked out. And then after doing that, that and running in to go get the water, yeah, and then after yeah. coming out and then we had that situation with Emmett and, and, and it was just funny. So all these things that were happening on our trip and the sporadicness of being able to, we, it was like last minute. He's like, you know, I drive by here all the time, but I can't drive my truck near the Capitol because it, I can't drive on that street or whatever. And so it was like, we should go do that. And he's like, we totally should. And then he just did. And I thought we were kidding. Because it was 10 o'clock I had at never night. Moved. Yeah, it was nighttime. And it was like we had a long ways to go. Um, it we was had been driving really, all day. Yeah, we went, <laughs> and it, obviously it we took 24 hours. <laughs> We didn't get yes. to her sister's house until like three or four in the morning. Or and we were five. so tired. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And we drove straight, and I was like, I was a psychopath, crazy outlaw, renegade truck driver before that. So <laughs> I, I had, I had built up a thirty-hour tolerance. I could drive up to thirty-six hours at a time, so it wasn't a big deal for me. But. Yep. Anyway. So long story short, because it's almost the end of the live streaming portion of the radio show. Oh, yeah. Well, we did make it to so, my sister's house. But a lot of the things yes. that he was doing while we were on the trip was teaching me of his character and who he was. And it was easing my mind from all of the life experience that I have. Now, this didn't cure me from the post-traumatic stress disorder that I do have. I have complex PTSD. But it didn't She's cure me of that. She's a lot better than she is to me. She yeah, but it issues. did help. I still have issues. Yeah. Like, we just work through it. It's hard to yep. overcome all of the things, you know? Absolutely. 
So anyway, we got to the point where I was either going to take a Greyhound bus back to Florida or you were going to drive me back. And that wasn't a choice. I was going to take a Greyhound bus back and we were going to, like, figure it out as we went along. Yeah, but I got the feeling that we needed to – I said, look, I was given the choice. God sent me you and – it's my choice as to whether or not I accept. And I can either accept you as my husband and we can get married and do this, or I can reject it and drag my feet, and then I feel like we won't have this opportunity again. And so he said, yeah, okay, if, well, we'll pray about it. Yeah. And, like, basically it was if if you accept this, you need to go with him now, and if you let him go, it will not happen. Yeah, so, exactly. We packed up the van again, and we drove to Florida together. I had a three-bedroom house apartment about a mile from the beach in the ghetto. (laughs) I had two very strange roommates. (laughs) I know, she was scared to go in. It was was $600. It was a mile from the beach. I did not care where I lived. Like I don't, I don't even care. You know, I I lived in that freaking uh, job corps with all of the ghetto people. You know, so and I flipping anyway. I've lots of stories we can go off on, but anyway, long story short, I gave my boss three weeks' notice. We got married on July twentieth, twenty days after we had met in person. Um, I finished up. I gave all my furniture and all of my things, except for whatever I could fit in my car, to my roommate. And I walked away from everything, except for my clothes and my computers and or my computer and my books. And, you know, and I lost my wallet after we got married, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because my stepfather was so mad because he was like, you don't even know who this guy is. He could be lying about who he is. And I was like, uh, no, I had to, in order to get a marriage license, we both have to produce ID. Like this guy is who he says he is. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Well, that yeah. and my bishop is the one who married us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our wedding ceremony consisted of the bishop, the mission ward leader, a couple missionaries. I think that was it. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was just like the missionaries, the mission ward leader, the bishop and his wife. And like I used to do a ton of work with the missionaries. Like I would help them all the time. So like they were my friends, you know. So anyway, that was the only people. No family, nothing. It was. uh, They were on the phone, but. Yeah, they were on the phone. My sister was crying because she said that she never thought I would ever, ever, ever get married. Yeah. I think your mom was mad that you were making the most horrible decision of your life. Anyway. So, uh, okay, so we got married. Uh, We only had enough money to make it up to North Carolina. I got a job with her brother-in-law being an arborist 
So we did a bunch of jobs, made some more money, made our way back up to New Hampshire in August. And then I was mm-hmm. living in a house that did not belong to me, and I had nothing but whatever fit in my car. And it was very awkward, and it was not easy at first just because of how we came together because we were, like, both trusting God. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, anyway, so, but we worked through things and... Okay, so now now we're in overdrive. I'm going to talk about what happened and what the revelation was about. And I'm glad we went through all of that because now anybody that was listening live, they're going to have to listen on the podcast. And, like, only people that should be listening to this are the people that should be listening to this. Okay, so I dragged my feet and I, whatever, all through this thing, we're going to talk about some things. I did not know that it was against the rules to talk about the Adam-God doctrine, okay? Um, I, this guy yelled at me about it, whatever, and then, um, oh, how does this all work? Um, I had found out that Wilfred Woodruff was poisoned to death in San Francisco, and that the night before he was, um, a keynote speaker at the Bohemian Grove. I did. I knew who they were because God had me study them and to figure them out like ten years before that, or nine or eight years before that, whatever. Anyway, so then I did a ton of research and I found the newspaper articles in the New York Times, the Salt Lake Tribune, and the San Francisco something or other about Wilfred Woodruff and how he died. And I was like, what in the world was a prophet of God? How did he, why did he have anything to do with the Bohemian Grove, which they are Satanists? That threw me through a flipping, I don't know. And I am, unfortunately, I am at this stupid dip that cuts me off. I don't know. Did you have anything that you could say about that, Kim? Um, I don't remember that as much. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Sorry. It broke my shell. It got me this. And I knew this. I knew the problem in the uh-huh. LDS church before that. But that that hit me so hard when I found oh, that yeah. out. And I didn't believe it. And I went and researched it. And I found out that it was true. And it was Kevin Kraut that made the video about it. And the video is still up for people to go see. If you want to look. So, um, Don Quixote is the channel name for that video. Anyway, so um, I started, like, looking into Mormon stuff. And I did a podcast where uh, there was a man who was talking about a man and another person. So host and co-host, and they were talking about Mormon fundamentalist stuff, and I started downloading their uh, podcast to listen to them. And this man, he lives down in uh, Baja, Mexico, and he was talking about he was responding to a chat room 
And this is Blog Talk Radio. This is my first experience with Blog Talk Radio. Well, I didn't know, and it was actually an iTunes podcast that I was listening to. I didn't know about Blog Talk. I was like, what is he talking about, a chat room? You know, so I wrote, I, I figured out what his email address was, and I wrote him a letter, an email, and I asked about the chat room. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a thus saith the Lord revelation through email. And I'm like, who the heck does this guy think he is? Like, he's not my state president. He's not a 70. He's not an apostle. And he's not the, the pre- you know, he has nothing to do with leadership in the church. And according to the church, the only people that can get revelation for you are your file leaders. Because, you know, Jesus is our file leader. But they are too, you know, and, which is crap. Anyway, but that's why, you know, you're taught in the church. So, um, so I got this revelation. I printed it out, I showed Kim, and I told my aunt, and I'm like, what the heck is this? And I was like, well, you know what? I always tell everybody to pray about everything, okay? Well, I'm going to pray about it. And I prayed about it, and I got nothing. And then right after I got done praying about it, I'm sitting there on my knees, and I start reading it out loud. And the Holy Spirit came down on me like fire. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. In that revelation, I was told that I needed to be rebaptized by my Ananias to start my mission. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? So anyway, I started being a co-host on his radio program, and it was every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I'd be on there, and my aunt came on too, and my aunt got a revelation that I was the one mighty and strong. Now, I had never heard of the term one mighty and strong. Even though I had read and listened to the scriptures, I had tapes in my semi-truck, and I would put a tick mark every time I would listen to one of the sides. And I had tick marks all over the tape because I would listen to all. I would start with the New Te- Old Testament, New Testament, or Fuller Great Price, Old Testament, New Testament, Doctor uh, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants. I went through everything. Sometimes I would listen to one tape all day long, and I got so bad. And I wasn't talking to a lot of people at that time, but I, w- I got so bad that I was listening to it so much that I started talking in Victorian English. Not meaning to. People would be like, why are you talking like that? And I'd be like, oh, sorry. Because I was listening to the scripture song. I, but I'd never heard of the one mighty and strong. I had no idea about what that even was. But so we find out about this one mighty and strong. And my aunt, knowing my experiences, knowing that ever since I saw the Father and the Son in 2003, that she heard about it right off. I told her first before I told anybody else I told her because she understood things that, that on a deeper level. Anyway, so we're going along and we're listening to this guy and, and then my aunt received a revelation that I was the one mighty and strong. Now, I, God had been trying to tell me this and I did not want to believe it. He was whispering to my mind, and I was like, nope, no way. That's not me. 
I know my history. I know who I've been. I know who I am, and I am not that man. But, uh, but, um, and remember, Kim, what I said to you about it, like with, uh, with what Colleen said. Um, yep. no, I don't remember. Yeah, you don't remember joking about it. Anyway, about what Colleen said. Yeah, about me being the one mighty and strong, and we're like. Whatever, weirdo. So I don't. I remember before, like when you were researching all of this, because we were like everybody always thinks they're one mighty and strong. And I remember telling you, next you're going to be the one who's saying, "Oh, now I'm the one mighty and strong." And we laughed about it, and you were like, "No, I am not the one mighty and strong," or whatever. At the time, we were saying the one mighty and strong instead of one mighty and strong, because that's how everybody would say it. So I remember that, and you're like, "No, I'm Even not." Though- even though it doesn't say the one mighty and strong, it just says one mighty and strong. And everybody's like, the one mighty and strong. You know, and they just add the the there. But anyway, so, but then we did that too. So we didn't know. Anyway, so um, around the same time, I was uh, going to be excommunicated from the church for the Adam God doctrine and for telling the stupid stake president about some of my spiritual experiences. And he was like, only people that can have those kind of experiences is the president of the church. And you're a bald-faced liar. And, like, he was getting red in the face. He was yelling at me. And I'm like, listen, I wrote uh, President Hinckley a letter about it. President Hinckley sent L. Tom Perry to come meet with me. He gave me a copy of the letter. There's an archi- There's two archive numbers, a stamp of the first pre- – and I showed it to him because I have the copy of what's in the church archives, two different archives. One is the first presidency vault. The other is the general vault. As far as I, I that's what I believe. I don't know. Anyway. And I said, listen, Elton Perry came and interviewed me about this. And he slapped me on the back and he said, well, God's the one that chooses the prophets. We sure don't, you know? And I said, just call him and ask him who I am. Ask him. You know, but he wouldn't do that. Anyway, so I was uh, working for FedEx as an over-the-road truck driver. I'd go out on Sunday, come back on, like, Friday, and then I'd have a, uh, two days off out of Brockton, Massachusetts, and then Bo- uh, Hartford, Connecticut. I don't know where I was at that time. I think it was in Brockton. Anyway, but I couldn't get home for this trial, and I pled with him to please change the date so I could be there. And he's like, nope, you're going to get excommunicated. It doesn't matter what you say, which is not that's against the rules of conduct that God has set forth for these things, you know, for these trials. But it didn't matter to him. And I was so upset that this was happening to me. And I was crying, and I was like, why, God, is this happening to me? I have not done anything wrong, you know. And God came to me. And he said, kneel down before me and ask me who you are. He had been trying to tell me who I am through the Spirit. I wouldn't listen because I thought it was too fantastic. And I didn't want to be one of those guys who's like, I'm the one mighty and strong. Look, I can do push-ups. That means I'm, you know, whatever. There's so many different people that have come and gone who are the one mighty and strong, you know. Anyway, so... um. 
So I knelt down before him. He showed me who I am. I talked about this in the recent episodes. Um, I saw the war in heaven. I saw that Lucifer or Hillel was the bearer of light and truth, which is another name for the Holy Ghost, and that he fell. He was God's witness. He fell. He had his name and title stripped from him, and he was renamed Hasatan, which means the accuser, which is what he did. When he was cast out, God the Father, our Father, and Jesus Christ went among the council of mighty and strong ones, which there is twelve, but also the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for this earth, they're also mighty and strong as the first presidency of this earth. And I was chosen from among they who were mighty and strong to take the place of the witness of the Father. And at the time, I believe Joseph Smith was God the witness because that's what fundamentalists believe and that's just what I believe. And um, I finally looked at the Father and I said, am I the witness? And he said, well, it has to be somebody with a big freaking smile on his face like you're starting to wake up okay so all of that happened and I'm just like blown away by the whole thing I told Kim I don't know what Kim thought other than they who trust him need not fear you want to talk about that for just a second well I well okay so he's been preaching for a long time. Okay. He always is teaching stuff, teaching everything, teaching people about his experiences, teaching about how to have those experiences, teaching how to follow the spirit. Yeah. Teaching how to follow God. So anyways, he's been teaching about that forever. So I listened to this stuff and I'm his wife and I did my job. I bared him children to ease his burden or something like that. So anyways, <laughs> so then I was getting kind of lax on the whole thing and I'm like, he's always saying, you know, then you should pray about it. And when I, when he told me about his experience the first time, I mean, I had had a witness of the spirit. I had burning and um, awesomeness and it was like great. Like the whole experience was just amazing. And obviously following um, the spirit and uh, marrying him was one of the best things that I had ever done in my entire life. It was just so much better for me. Um, it's, uh, you know, a learning process still, and but it's easy. Like when I hear other people have really difficult, hard times getting along with their spouses or hard times in their relationships and arguments over money or something like that, I'm always like, I'm so thankful I don't have that problem. Um, <laughs> so it makes me happy about my relationship, I guess. Um, so anyways, I um, I was just thinking – you know, he always is saying, then you shouldn't just trust him. You should pray about it. And I'm like, well, I trust you because you're my husband. And that's, you know, what I thought. I'm like, well, of course I trust you. Why would you marry somebody you didn't trust? <laughs> Why would anybody do that? And then you're like constantly. But you did pray service. about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. But I was getting to that. Like, I just don't okay. know why people don't. Why would people marry people they don't trust? That's ridiculous. Trust is a very important foundational relationship. Um, essential. Anyways, so I did pray about it, though. I did. I prayed about um, it and um, about who he was. And um, and so this leads to what I was just talking about with trust. Of course, I trust him. Why the heck would you not trust your husband? Anyway, so I'm like, well, it's not a matter of trust. I'm going to pray about it anyway. So I prayed. 
about um, who he was. And the answer that I had gotten, I was reading scriptures, which I often did a lot. I haven't read on my own for a while because I'm always doing the radio show or kids or work or something. Anyway, so I was reading at the time, and I just opened up the scriptures, and the first verse that I read said, those who trust him need not fear. And then I was like, huh, okay. And I was like, well, I do trust him. I trust God. I trust the, and I always have, um, and I've always trusted in um, his eternal plan for me. Um, And so um, I trust him as well as my husband. Um, And I shouldn't have fear over this. Also, there are a lot of other things that scriptures talk about with, um, you know, being a peacemaker. And I very much am one of those. (laughs) And um, just being um, meek and humble and all of the things. And so for me and my own eternal progression and, um, for what God has helped me to see in my own self, as well as in others around me and, um, the experiences that I have been through, yes, they were not amazing experiences, but I would do the same thing over again. If it meant that I would have my eyes open this much to, life and to how people are and to helping other people and um, and to be able to help other people and to use all the things that God has taught me to be able to help him in any way that he needs and just being able to trust God. So, yeah, so I got that answer. Those who trust in him need not fear. And, yeah, so I do not have to have fear. Was that where we were going with that? I can't even remember from the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just talking about, like, after God told me who I was, and I was, like, blown away by it, and then I told you, and we talked about it for a while, and then you prayed, and then you read that scripture right after you got done praying, and that was your answer. They they are he who trusts and need not fear or something to that effect. So anyway, and like, finally it made so much sense why I, God had given me all of these experiences in the spirit and in visions and being taken up and revelations and, and seeing him face to face in the flesh, which I wondered about why this happened to me for a long time. I was like, Joseph didn't even have these experiences. Why am I having these experiences? You know, and so finally, so, all right, now getting to the revelation. This man who sent me this revelation that I was supposed to be baptized by my Ananias to uh, to start my missionary, uh, to start my mission, had received these revelations that I'm sharing with you now. And God told me that these revelations were about me. And he had received them many years before I met him. But he was an Elias. Like John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way. Joseph Smith was sent to lay the foundation for Zion's redemption. And this prophet that I'm telling you about, he was my Elias. Now he has stopped his mission. His mission is over. He has done his job. I went to Kevin Kraut to be rebaptized to start my mission, 
because Kevin Kraut is my Ananias. And I am like Paul who went to him. And then after that, that was in two thousand that was January of two thousand and thirteen. Um, it's been an interesting ride ever since. Tell you that much. I was so naive because I was like, "Plans redemption and the house of God is going to be set in order and all this stuff." You know, I did not realize how hard of hearing Ephraim really is, and how blind Ephraim really is, because I'm sent to them and they do not listen and they do not hear. And when it talks about that in in Isaiah, dealing with the Davidic servants. Most of them, they, it's like a tenth of a tenth that will eventually hear, but they just don't listen. They're like herding cats. Like, have fun with that one. But you know what? I am a witness in a couple of different ways. One way that I'm a witness is that I have seen the Father and the Son face-to-face in the flesh. But another way that I'm a witness is I... And seeing all of the things that are happening in the world, God has directed me so that I understand what is happening in this world. And I'm also a witness of the times and seasons and of the wickedness and the blindness of Ephraim. I'm a witness to all of these things. Part of my job is to teach they who have been weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast people who are ready to hear the truth among the drunkards of Ephraim and to lay it all out, to leave you without excuse. And, and um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And um, these revelations that, that this other man received, I haven't even gotten into all of them. Like, not even close. I barely scratched the surface. But God has also given me, thus saith the Lord, revelations, which Kim can attest to. Like, I'd be like, Kim, I got a revelation last night, you know? And she'd be like, oh, let's hear it. <laughs> One time, Kim was asking, you know, because I'm always like, you know, God's no respecter of persons. You can receive revelations, too. You know, why don't you try? And, like, I was like, uh... Okay, uh, Kim, write this down. God's given me a revelation. You only and got a few when... all the thunder. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. What the heck? I was like, but you're supposed to get the revelation, Kim. But anyway. Yeah, can't you just let me try on my own? Jeez. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, well, God, when I saw him face to face in 2003, he gave me the fullness of the priesthood and all of the keys. All of them including the keys of matriarchal priesthood. And he told me to give Kim matriarchal priesthood. And she has matriarchal priesthood. It's been restored. And Kim has given it to others as well. And, you know, like, I don't know. We're just two common individuals. If it wasn't for this, I would be just a truck driver. She would just be, she'd be just a teacher. You know, amazing uh, just <laughs> yeah, we would just be two goat farmers raising kids. You know, we're normal people, but we've had well, extraordinary, 
extraordinary experiences. And if it was not for God the Father telling me to be bold with my witness and just put it all out there, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But he did. He told me to be bold, and people, they think, because I'm bold, that I'm arrogant, and that I'm self-promoting, but God, our Father, told me to be bold with my witness. So you can make all the excuses up about how arrogant you think I am and how self-promoting you think I am. But I was told to be bold, and I'm trying to be obedient to God, not man. Kim, you said something about this other the other day when I was kind of complaining about how another one of these individuals, like, you're just self-promoting, blah, 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 and, you know, whatever stupid experience, oh, yeah. uh, excuse that they have to tell me why I'm so horrible and wrong and deceived and all the things. Well, the thing is, and I, I'll explain it to the audience, too, because I explained it to you. So when people listen to you, when they listen to what you say, they are so used to religion and pastors and preachers and bishops and all of these people, the way that they do things, um, they're so used to the way that it's traditionally done that these men are so in-depth in the in the things that they are preaching, that they're teaching, that they are trying to, you know, get money from you. Um, they're so in-depth with their um, lies, you know, with their truthful lies, because some of them have a lot of truth mixed in with the lies. And they're really good at it. I mean, like, these are brilliant people who are very good at, um, you know, weaving this, this truthful people. life. Yeah, they're good at deceiving people. It's just, um, and it's on, so in-depth. Okay. Hey, we're in overdrive. If my phone call drops, I won't be here mm-hmm. anymore. I'm going to Emory County. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, okay. if I do drop, make sure to play the end music and say whatever you got to say without me on the air, and yep, I will yep. mute myself, and yeah, go ahead. Okay, no worries. Um, okay, so anyways, what I was going to say is everybody is so used to that, to that typical, um, you know, way of extorting money from people um, through religion, through God, using God to get money. And so with them doing that, um, you're just used to it. Like you're used to hearing these people, okay, what's the catch? What are they selling? What is it that they, you know, are trying to get from me or get me to do? And it's it's always there, unmistakably, with every religion, every um, every new Ponzi scheme that people are trying to sell people on. You know, it's just, so everybody's looking for that, okay? And so they mistake um, Mark and um, his witness and what he is saying for um, thinking that he is boasting of himself or that he is trying to um, say that he's better than other people, which actually never comes out of his mouth. Um, so, just like he's on. saying we're like normal, average the people. Reason, the reason people do that is because that is what Satan is telling them about me, not what God is yeah. telling them about me. Yeah. So anyways, um, he... So when they're looking for that specifically, they're critiquing him and judging him based on they think that he has some ulterior motive or some other power scheme that is going to, you know, present itself in the future 
um, when actually he's not asking people for anything. He, we are self-sufficient people on our own. We are, you know, normal people just working and having a family. Um, he's not asking for people to do anything other than save yourself. Make sure that you um, have food storage for yourself. Don't forget, you know, to gather to the right place and follow your heart. You know, follow the spirit, what God is telling you to do. You know, make sure that you're listening to God. Jim has also seen me baptize many people. And what do I ever ask of the people that come to me and get baptized? Go back and teach other people. So um, why did you come over here to cough on the radio show? Excuse you. Go that way. Goodbye. She just purposely walked (laughs) over here and then coughed in her elbow. Yeah, and then she coughed in her elbow, and now she just ran back into the living room. I don't know why. (laughs) You know, eight year olds or seven no, years seven. Or seven. Yeah. So silly, just silly. So, anyways, um, people think that of him, so they try to critique him and tear him apart before they even try to, um, you know, ask God or follow the Spirit or anything. They're just so used to that scheme that they are not, you know, they're not even um, willing to. Based on the fruits that they, they think judge. I'm putting yes. forth when they're but not I'm going the fruits to, I'm putting forth. <laughs> but right now I'm going to say this live on the air, which might not make you super happy. My husband is a slow man, okay? He is slow. I have ADD, and I run circles around him all the time. I'm very quick. Um, we know that fastness and speed is not his thing. When he's driving or other, okay, he is a slow man. He is very smart. He's intelligent. (laughs) I know. So, but he is not trying to. My processing speed is the greatest either. No, it isn't. It's just like my son. They're genius men. They have a very slow processing speed. So when you ask him something, you need to give him a second because he's listening to what you're saying. Unlike a lot of people who try to argue, he actually wants to hear what you have to say. And he likes to be able to contend and talk about, you know, everything openly with other people. So that way he can help to learn. He can help to teach others, but also can learn and learn from the spirit too. And so, yeah, I hopefully you don't like, that doesn't come back to bite me later, but he is not a very uh, quick man. He has no other ulterior motives. He doesn't have a way to even figure out how to have an ulterior motive. Um, he doesn't think that many steps in advance, if we're being honest. Um, should I stop, honey? <laughs> uh, yeah. He, well, I do enjoy he, playing chess, but tell them about that. He's not very good at it. I kick his butt all the time. <laughs> uh, and he gets so, he's like, seriously, I'm not playing you again. And then he won't play me for like three weeks, and then he'll play again. Because <laughs> he's like, seriously? He is not tactical that way. He His brain doesn't work that way. He loves God. He loves people. And he um, researches and has done his a lot of work with trying to make sure that he knows the truth and can learn the truth. He is always trying to learn. So, But he is not, like I said, he is not clever, okay? So he's not trying to <laughs> do more than just the ones that he's like every, okay, this is so cliche, but like, he's like every other guy. He can do one thing at a time. He cannot multitask like women can. He's got 
one thing that he has to do, and that's what he's going to do. And he's been told to be done with his witness. And I have to do everything right. It has yes. a certain way that it has to be done, which drives oh, my which boss drives crazy because not. I follow <laughs> all of the Emshaw laws and all yep. of the rules, and i got to do everything exactly the way it's supposed to be, and I don't get as many loads as the other guy because I won't speed like the other guy, and I have to do the things that are supposed to. And it drives me nuts when I see people breaking the rules. <laughs> Which drives my boss nuts because so I lose it. I lose. I lose a load every day. Like, but the other guys are always rushing through it. They blow stop signs. They like do things they're not supposed to do. They speed, and I'm like, nope, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> and I can't help it. I there is a road. Oh, you're breaking Everything up a little bit. In black. I see everything in black and white. Now, I am almost yeah, by the airport north of Huntington. Okay. Are you bringing me chocolate cake? Oh, my gosh. I should totally bring you chocolate cake. If we're all done with the radio show almost. It will go to heart. <laughs> so, anyway, I, that's basically, you know, now I've said what I need to say about where the revelations come from and why... Okay. I have them and how I got to this point. And it's all part of being the final prophet. And I, you know, I just, I am just basically putting it out there to the whole world. And if you want to believe it, come get baptized. If you don't believe it, that's between you and God. It doesn't matter to me. I'm tired of caring. Like, God told me to do a thing. I'm going to do it no matter if I stand alone in it or if I've got a bunch of people around me. I'm going to be doing what God tells me to do to the best of my ability. Ridiculous, but it's very true. All right. Well, um, do you have the studio open? I do, thanks to my wingman. Thank you, Emmett. Go ahead and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this program. Take care. God bless. And Kim, cue the music. It's Sleep Away. Okay.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.